Good afternoon. Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. We have a big show today with a lot happening before Thanksgiving and Native American Heritage Day. And we'll get a preview of a local band playing the big show in NYC tomorrow. Here's a wrap on today's top stories in our region. It's Wednesday, November 22nd. Heads are spinning and doors, too, at OpenAI, which makes ChatGPT. The company has agreed to reinstate co-founder Sam Altman and remake the company's board. Yes, after the company kicked Altman out Friday, and yes, after he landed a job with Microsoft Monday, that all brought Microsoft stocks to record highs earlier this week. But Microsoft apparently helped drive Altman's return to OpenAI. The Redmond-based tech institution has a big stake in it. It has invested billions of dollars in the maker of ChatGPT and has rights to the existing technology. Microsoft stocks peaked again today. All right, travelers, we have some tools for you if you are hitting the roads between now and Sunday. If you have a smartphone, there are three apps you can use to get to places a little more easily. First is the WashDOT app which lists the peak travel times. Aisha Dayal is a WashDOT spokesperson. Going from east to west on I-90, the peak traffic times are Wednesday and Sunday in the afternoon. So we urge drivers to try to travel outside of those peak times. In addition to increased vehicle traffic, nearly 300,000 people are expected to ride Washington State ferries. The WashDOT app also has alternate routes to avoid long ferry lines. Okay, the second and third apps are for flyers. The SEA Spot Saver app can help you get through security faster. And lastly, the Fly SEA app provides real-time updates on how long lines are and maps of what to do in the airport. Whew. And there is some good news from Mother Nature for those traveling in the PNW. This weekend is going to be a rare dry one. National Weather Service meteorologist Dustin Guy explains. We've only seen so far, anyway, in the last 50 years, three occurrences where you had every single day of the holiday weekend dry, Thursday through Sunday, including Thanksgiving. So it's definitely a pretty unusual event to see this kind of thing happen. But that's exactly what we're expecting this weekend. Guy says the sunny dry spell could run to the end of the month thanks to a ridge of high pressure and El Nino weather patterns. It'll be chilly with daytime temps in the 40s and nighttime lows into the 20s in outlying areas. Watch for a little morning fog. The Seattle City Council did end up passing a resolution to call for a long-term ceasefire in Gaza. More than 100 activists demanding a ceasefire interrupted the council meeting several times yesterday. And ultimately, six of nine councillors approved Shama Sawant's bill. Seattle is not separate from the world, and elected officials have a duty to vote yes on this resolution to call for an end to this brutal war and occupation. Seattle is also home to many people with family and friends in Israel and Palestine, including those who are in grave danger in Gaza. Sawant wanted the council to demand that Congress end all military funding to Israel, but the Seattle Council did not support that. The council also late yesterday approved a new 2024 city budget. The highlights include more money for homeless services, 
therapists in public schools, and investments in affordable housing. Teresa Mosqueda is the council budget chair. Here's part of why she supported it. This biennial budget yields a $600 million investment into affordable housing, housing that's not just affordable rental units, but two, three, and four bedroom units, and also first-time home ownership opportunities. This is the final budget process for six of the nine council members as the new council starts in January. Six teachers and a custodial worker north of Seattle have won their case against Monsanto in court. The case comes from staff at Sky Valley Education Center in Monroe, Washington. Reuters reports that a U.S. jury has ordered Monsanto, owned by Bayer, to pay $165 million to the employees for chemical poisoning. The issue revolves around PCBs, so-called forever chemicals. The teachers say they leaked from light fixtures and ultimately led to cases of cancer, brain injuries, and other health issues. Bayer told Reuters it will contest the jury's verdict. The Postman, a beloved Central District shipping and postal shop, is starting a new chapter after two tragic shootings. Mike Davis has the story today. Kiana Rose Pickett, owner of The Postman, addressed a small crowd on the corner of East Union and MLK Way. We're now standing in what's going to be our new location. Last year, Co-owner Devon Pickett was shot and killed outside of the establishment. After a recent shooting shattered the storefront window, Pickett announced the indefinite closure of the business. Now, Pickett is ready to address the next chapter of the local postal shop. She says the storefront's new location is around the corner and will face a portion of East Union Street recently renamed in honor of Devon Pickett Jr. It's full circle. It feels right. It feels in alignment. The postman will finish the holiday season in its current location and open doors in its new space early next year. Mike Davis, KUOW News. There's Black Friday and then there is Black Black Friday. It's a local effort this year to channel some of that holiday shopping money to Seattle black owned businesses. Joshua McNichols has more. When James Dixon and his brothers started a microbrewery, friends helped them raise money for rent. They drove all over looking for deals on equipment. That's kind of how it is. Like when you're opening a business and you don't have a lot of money, you got to figure it out. Statistically, it's harder for black owned businesses to get loans. We don't use that as an excuse to not be successful. Right. We still push forward with what we have and make do with what we have. Today, the 23rd Avenue Brewery produces just one barrel a week in its tiny central district space. They pull pints for customers on Friday and Saturday afternoons. Dixon hopes Black Black Friday will bring in enough customers that he can expand hours to include Sundays during football season. Joshua McNichols, KOW News. run through now of developing stories that are on our radar. A woman in Everett has died from the flu, the first influenza death in Washington this season. Health officials are urging people to get vaccinated. Last year was a really bad flu year. 269 people in Washington died. Macy's workers are striking Friday at three local stores, Tequila, Linwood, and Bellingham. Yep, it's a Black Friday strike. Their union has accused the chain of unfair labor practices, unlivable wages, and unsafe working conditions. And it's a bit chilly for it, but here's some nude beach news. 
The city of Seattle wants to build a kids' play park next to Denny Blaine Beach, the longtime clothing optional and expressly queer friendly beach. Beachgoers are pushing back and have gathered close to 3,000 petition signatures asking the city to find another playground location. A meeting on this happens in two weeks. And Burien will not, in fact, get a time extension to choose a location for a new homeless shelter. King County authorities told the city they need to have a shelter proposal by Monday or risk losing $1 million in county funding. Anticipations building for the Apple Cup football game this Saturday. There's a lot at stake in the rivalry between the WSU Cougars and the UW Huskies. Sports writer and Husky alum Danny O'Neill says WSU has a lot to gain in the contest and UW has even more to lose. For Washington, it is keeping everything on track so that when they go into the Pac-12 championship game the following week at Las Vegas a win would put them into the college football playoffs. The Cougs have a chance to play a major spoiler role. UW enters the matchup with an undefeated 11-0 record. WSU has five wins and six losses. The Cougar-Husky rivalry dates back to the year 1900 when the teams played to a 5-5 tie in Seattle. A big crew from Mercer Island is in New York for Thanksgiving, where the Mercer Island High School Band is performing in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Over 100 bands applied, and they made the list of just 11 marching bands playing the nationally televised event. Here they are in practice. That's the pride of the island. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Wishing you a meaningful and, I hope, stress-free Thanksgiving and Native American Heritage Day. Our show's taking a holiday tomorrow and Friday. We'll be back with all the news on Monday. Our producer today is John O'Brien, whose favorite Thanksgiving dish is his mom's twice-baked potatoes. Way too much butter, cheese, and sour cream, I hear. Sounds great. And I'm Paige. More pumpkin pie, please. Browning. Talk to you Monday.